today on Adventures in Faith with Jerry Savelle. Why settle for less than what God says is ours when he's already said with these scriptures, and these are just a few that I read to you, that everything belongs to us. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Open your Bibles once again. Let me uh, <clears throat> go over the scriptures very quickly that we began with yesterday. Let me just read them and then I'll tell you where to open your Bibles a little later. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, he hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Everybody shout all things. All the Passion Translation says everything we could ever need. Everything that we could ever need. Psalm 34:10, they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Everybody shout any good thing. Psalm 84:11, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. The Passion Translation says, they will never lack one thing they need, for he provides it all. Proverbs 28:10, the upright shall have good things in possession. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm supposed to have good things in my possession. Mark the 11th chapter, 24th verse, what things soever you desire. Tell somebody there's nothing wrong with you having things. God just doesn't want things having you. Can you say amen? What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. The message translation says, absolutely everything ranging from small to large. Everything. That covers it all from small to large. First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God hath prepared for them that love him. So that means we haven't seen all the things that God has arranged for us to have but we're well on our way because 2023 is the year of the maximum, the highest level attainable. Give the Lord a good shout if you receive that. Praise God. <clears throat> so why settle for less than what God says is ours? A number of years ago, uh, we invited uh, a, a couple of men to come and do a staff meeting for us. And... Uh, one of the men uh, had mentioned that he had shared, um, he was more a motivational speaker, had shared with some large companies and spoken to staffs and so forth. And uh, he opened the meeting with this question. How many of you believe dogs love bones? Well, nearly everybody in there lifted their hand. How many of you believe that dogs love bones? I lifted my hand. I have a dog and I just gave him some bones that morning. And he loved them. So I lifted my hand right along with everybody else. And he said, dogs don't love bones. They love steak. They settle for bones. I put my hand down real quick. Dogs don't love bones. They love steak. They settle for bones. Amen. Now, many times, you know, when Carol and I go out to eat, uh, if we don't eat at all, 
like a steak or something, uh, we'll ask for a, a box to take it home. And I've got my dog in mine. And, uh, and sometimes I bring home, you know, like we, we love uh, ribs. And uh, we'll bring some of the ribs back home, still got the meat on it. Some of them is just the bones. And if it got meat left on it, he always goes to the meat and then he, he buries the bones for later, okay? <laughs> He'll go dig around in the flower beds and bury those bones and eat them at a later time. But he always goes for the, the meat on the bone first. So that's like a lot of Christians. They're settling for bones when they could have steak. Yeah. But your neighbors say, I hope that's not you he's talking about. So why settle for less than what God says is ours when he's already said with these scriptures, and this is just a few that I read to you, that everything belongs to us. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now let me ask you this question. If you are the heir of your parents, when do you get your inheritance? When you die or when they die? So why are we waiting around for us to die before we get our inheritance? Amen. Amen. We got our inheritance when Jesus died. And he's the only person who's ever been raised from the dead to make sure you get your inheritance like he left it. Amen. He's the executor of his own will. Hallelujah. Now, the question I want to ask you this morning is, how long will you wait until you decide to go for God's best? As I mentioned yesterday, uh, the, the word the Lord gave me coming into 2023, and I've been preaching it all over the world. He said, tell the people <clears throat> that it's time to go for the maximum and the highest level attainable. That's what maximum means, the highest level attainable. My question is, how long will you wait until you decide to go for God's best. In Deuteronomy chapter one, let's go there if you will, please. Deuteronomy chapter one, uh, Moses has died and the people are sitting around, you know, mourning his death. I don't know why, because they didn't like him when he was alive. And now he's died and they're mourning his death. And then the Bible says in verse six, You've dwelt long enough in this place. In other words, he's saying, how much longer will you wait to go get what I said was your inheritance? He had promised them a land without scarceness, without lack. And they're sitting around here mourning the death of Moses. And he finally asked them the question, how much longer will you wait? You've waited long enough. Verse seven, turn you and take your journey. In other words, get into action. When you see what God says belongs to you from the word of God, then he expects you to go into action. Go for it. You know, my attitude, uh, when I came to the Lord in 1969, not knowing any of these things, and as I began to study the word with the help of Kenneth Copeland and Kenneth Hagan, T.L. Osborne, uh, or Roberts, they were my mentors, I'm learning about my covenant with God. And it started with Kenneth Copeland. And then, of course, I had the opportunity later to, to meet these gentlemen. And they became a vital part of my 
my spiritual growth. And uh, I didn't know these things. And as I was learning them, then my attitude became, God, if you didn't mean this, then you shouldn't have put it in my copy of the book. Because once I find it, I'm going for it. That's been my attitude all these years, 54 years later, and I still have the same attitude. If I find it in his word, and I found that God is not a man that he should lie. So once I find it in his word, I'm going for it. How about you? Anybody going for what God says is yours? So why sit around because other Christians do? Why sit around like other Christians who only talk about what they could have, but they never pursue it? I'm pursuing it. And of course, I know I have an adversary, the devil, who is going to do everything he possibly can to keep me from laying hold upon what God says is mine. But the Bible says, resist him in faith. I mean, if you've learned to resist the devil, he's not going to just roll over dead because you found out God promised something to you. He's going to put up a fight. You know, a lot of people have the idea that we who preach the message of faith go around telling people, if you ever have faith, you'll never have another problem. I've never preached that. I never will because it's a lie. In fact, I preach, if you have faith, welcome to problems. Yes, 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 hello. I've never had more problems in my life till I started living by faith. But at the same time, I've never had more victories in my life till I started living by faith. Because this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. I'm not afraid of problems. I don't run from problems. I know that God's word is mightier. God is mightier. Faith in God, faith in his word will overcome anything Satan throws in our path. So my question is this. How long will you wait until you decide to go for God's best? Look at your neighbor and ask them, how long will you wait until you decide to go for God's best? You have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you and take your journey. Notice verse eight. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give unto them and to their seed after them. So notice God is saying to them, I have something in store for you, but you're never going to enjoy it if you just sit around and, and keep waiting for a better time or keep waiting until all the conditions are perfect like a lot of people do with their giving. Well, as soon as, you know, everything is, is kind of relaxed a little bit and the economy's better, then I'll start giving to God like I've always wanted to give. If you're not giving to God now, it's not likely you'll give then. Thank you for your enthusiasm over that revelation. Amen. It's like, you know, somebody says, well, as soon as my ship comes in, I'm really going to give. And most people say that, never send a ship out. Amen. So how much longer will you wait? Ask the question again. 
to your neighbor. How much longer will you wait to experience God's best? It's available and he's not the one withholding it. He said to these people, once again, I have set the land before you. Now go in and possess it. We, we have, God has set before us prosperity and health yes. and every good thing. The Bible says that God is the author. He's the, he's the author of every good and perfect gift. Yes. That's the reason why I know Cajun food comes from God. <laughs> Amen. Sometimes I wake up uh, and I, I, I get to thinking about Jesse and Kathy and I might call them. I said, Jesse, I woke up talking in tongues this morning, <laughs> thinking about you. He said, really? I said, yeah, gumbo yaya, gumbo yaya. <laughs> Take me to Mr. B's. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Amen. That's the reason I know Cheesecake Factory was authored by God. <laughs> so if every good and perfect gift comes from above, and the Bible says all things are yours, then why aren't we receiving it? Now, yesterday I, I mentioned this. Let me just read it once again from my notes exactly the way I wrote it. One of the obvious reasons that most Christians are not experiencing God's best is because they don't know what belongs to them. Lack of knowledge but that's not the case for this group. How many of you have been to at least 10 believers conventions in your lifetime? How many of you have never missed a believers convention? I've never missed a believers convention. Not here, not in Anaheim, not in Charlotte, not in Detroit, not in Miami, wherever there's been a believers convention, I've been there. So I do, not, I do not come under the category lack of knowledge. <laughs> and most of you don't either. You're here because uh, you've, 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 you've learned from this ministry, particularly Kenneth Copeland Ministries, what belongs to you in Christ yes. and how to pursue it with your faith. Yes. And you've come back so you can learn more. Yep. Many of you go to Word of Faith churches in your cities. And your pastor is continuing on that theme, teaching you how to walk in what God has promised you, the blessings of God. Amen. So for this group, we don't come into the category of a lack of knowledge. We have knowledge. Now, knowledge must be acted upon. You know, I don't know which is worse, not having knowledge or having it and not applying it. I think the latter having knowledge and not applying it. So one of the reasons why that many of God's people are not experiencing his best is simply because of a lack of knowledge. Another reason is because they allow their religious ideas and their religious tradition to prevent them from accepting the truth. Religious tradition. You know, uh, a lot of people will never enjoy divine health 
because their religious tradition says everybody's got to be sick sometimes. Or you never know what God will do. Or, you know, it's the will of God that I be sick. He's teaching me something in this. Religious tradition will rob you of God's best. Amen. And then number three, an unwillingness to stay in faith until it manifests. A lot of people give up. They give up too quickly. Brother Hagin used to say, if you're prepared to stand forever, it won't take very long. But most people are not prepared to stand forever. They're prepared to stand until dark or they're prepared to stand until morning. And if it doesn't come to pass, then I don't want to play anymore. No, that's not the way you experience receiving God's best. You know, if there was any other way, I think I would have discovered it by now. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dumb. I'm I'm a smart man. (laughs) And I've been smart for 54 years. I'm I'm almost 77 years old and it was only 23 of my, uh, 23 years of my life that I was dumb. That was before I made Jesus Lord in my life. (laughs) Amen. But I'm smart now. Amen. Because I've I've made him Lord and I'm full of God's word. And he's made me a winner in life. Hallelujah. And that's available to anybody, anywhere. Can you say amen? amen? So why do we forfeit in the receiving of God's best simply because number one of lack of knowledge, number two, religious tradition stands in the way and number three, we're unwilling to stand in faith until it manifests. You have to ask yourself sometimes. See, here, here's, a, here's a question most Christians ask. How much longer do I have to wait? That's the wrong question. What you should be asking is this, am I willing to wait forever? Quit going around asking yourself, how much longer? And asking God, how much longer? See, that will only bring discouragement. That will only bring uh, weariness and well-doing and eventually giving up. But if you want to motivate yourself, then keep asking yourself, how much longer are you willing to stand? How much longer am I willing to stand? And am I willing to stand forever? And with that attitude, then you can count on it God will not disappoint you. Can you say amen? Amen. So notice once again, he says, you've dwelt here long enough. Turn and take your journey. In other words, get up and go into action. Behold, I have set the land before you, so go up and possess it. It's time to possess God's best. We don't have a lot of time left. I don't believe we have a lot of time left. As Brother Copeland says, Jesus is coming soon. How many of you believe that? And I don't want to get to heaven and God take me into this warehouse and open a door with my name on it and said, this is what you could have had while you're in the earth. I want him to open a door and he says, you received everything I had planned for you. Everything I'd prepared for you. Amen. So how much longer will we wait until we determine that we're going to have God's best? Now, 
I said to you that the word the Lord gave me for this year, and as I mentioned, I've, I've preached it all over the world. And we're getting tremendous testimonies from people all over the world. I mean, people are experiencing uh, breakthroughs and miracles that they've never experienced before, not quite like this. And testimonies of things that are happening for them that have never happened quite like this. Uh, Eric here uh, works with me and travels with me all over the world. And he's also a businessman, has a business as well. And, and he's been telling me about uh, uh, this has been one of the greatest times in his business. In fact, I think you said, uh, Joe was telling me just a couple of days ago, just recently you had one of the best weeks you've ever had, ever, in the history of his business. He's going for the maximum. He's going for the highest level attainable. Why aren't the rest of us? How long will you wait? Now, God's plan for Israel, as you well know, was for them to enter into what he referred to as the promised land. But because they constantly murmured and complained and didn't believe what God said, many of them never made it. Many of them died in the wilderness. Didn't have to. They didn't, they didn't enjoy what God had promised them. And if you remember, it was because of their stubbornness, their murmuring, and their complaining. I think this may have been the original charismatic people. <laughs> Go with me to Psalm 78. This is a brief synopsis of the history of the children of Israel. And notice he says, beginning in verse uh, five, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them and the children which should be born should arise and declare them unto their children that they might not, uh, that they might set the, their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and might not be as their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright and whose spirit was not steadfast with God. Notice because their spirit was not steadfast with God, because they were not determined to, to walk this out no matter how long it took, then they eventually, the Bible says in this same chapter, verse 41, they limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited him. In other words, they prevented him from doing what he truly wanted to do for them. They prevented him. It wasn't him holding back. They prevented him from doing what he wanted to do. Verse 8 says they were a stubborn generation. They were rebellious, set not their hearts aright. Their spirit was not steadfast with God. The message translation says they were a fickle and faithless bunch who never stayed true to God. There are people like that in churches all over the world today a fickle 
and faithless bunch. Fickle. You ever met any fickle Christians? Well, you haven't been to church much if you haven't. You never, you never know what lurks in the mind of a charismatic Christian. You don't know what they're thinking. I'm so glad I learned years ago not to be moved by what I see. You ought to try to preach to some of you sometimes and see the look on your face. Well, if he only knew what I was going through, he wouldn't be so full of joy. Like, like one person said, uh, I can't remember who it, who it was that they said it to, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think it was Brother Copeland in the early days of his ministry. He said, we've had the best here. They couldn't help us. What can you do? There's some people you just can't help. They're determined that, you know, there's no help for them and there's no amount of preaching that could change their attitude. They were fickle. Why do some Christians thrive while others seem to just struggle? Is it possible for you to experience a greater level of God's goodness and favor? Today's faith-building offer, Experiencing God's Best Special Package, contains Jerry Savelle's new book, God's Maximum, and his revealing four-part audio series, Why Some Aren't Experiencing God's Best. Learn how to strengthen your faith and refuse to allow Satan to rob you of God's best. In this package, Jerry reveals the prerequisite for receiving God's promises, what qualifies you for the maximum, the six reasons why people quit, and the missing ingredient in many believers' lives. Don't delay. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request your copy of the Experiencing God's Best special package. Do you value the blessing of God on your life and what it can produce for you? Begin to order your lives in accordance with God's way and put yourself in position to receive His best. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a joy sharing the Word with you. And once again, we invite you to join with us again next week as we continue this study on why some are not experiencing God's best. Let me read this scripture to you once again from Hebrews chapter 6 from the message translation. It says, be like those who stay the course with committed faith and then get everything promised to them. Stay the course with committed faith. Don't you want everything God has promised to you? Well, that's what it takes. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't decide that God's not listening to you. God's not paying any attention to you. No, don't think like that. That's the devil trying to get you to let go, to turn back, and then he will, ex he will actually prevent you from receiving, receiving what God has promised you. So don't let that happen. Just stay the course, stay with committed faith, and then get exactly what this scripture promised, everything that God has promised to you. Amen? Let me remind you our resources this week, why some aren't experiencing God's best, four CDs on this subject, it's taken from the Southwest Believers Convention, powerful anointing on each message, and I believe it's going to inspire your faith. And then my brand new book, God's Maximum, Going to the Highest Level Attainable. You need to understand what God's maximum is and how that you can obtain it. It's right here in the Word of God, and we go over those scriptures 
thoroughly and show you how that you can experience God's best in every area of your life. So if you'd like to have these resources, go to our website, jerrysavelle.org, or all the ordering information is on your screen right now. Uh, the price, the address, everything that you need to know. So please place your order right away. Thank you again for joining with us, and I look forward to seeing you next week on Adventures in Faith.